Good morning and happy Thanksgiving to you all. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday uh, with family, friends. I know we had a great uh, turnout for uh, our Thanksgiving meal that happened here in this actually this room. Um, so really grateful for all of those who put that on. Uh, but today, today we celebrate the New Year. If you're new to Anglicanism or the liturgical tradition, you didn't hear me wrong when I said that today we actually celebrate the New Year. Every year, Advent marks the beginning of our church calendar or our liturgical year. And just like January 1st, we begin our church year afresh with new excitement and new anticipation for our journey this year with Jesus. From his incarnation, through his being revealed in the season of Epiphany, then as we walk with Jesus through, through the, the, the season of Lent, as we head towards Jerusalem and the cross, and culminating in his resurrection and ascension, we have all this to look forward to. And in the new year, one of the things that changes, this is just like a little like liturgical nerding out a little bit, just to kind of explain things if you're new. One of the things that does change uh, in the, this new year is our Sunday lectionary. We turn over to a new year. We, we're in the, the year A uh, cycle of our lectionary. It's a three-year cycle. We just finished year C. Uh, so now we're back into year A, which is one of my favorite things about the lectionary is that we get, to expend, we get to spend extended time in different books of the Bible over the course of this three years. So, for example, if you, you might have noticed this last year, we spent a lot of time in the Gospel of Luke. That's the year C Gospel that we spent a lot of time in. And this year, we get to spend a lot of time in the Gospel of Matthew. So, I'm really excited. I love the Gospel of Matthew. That's uh, one of the reasons why I love this new lectionary season. So we have so much to look forward to in this new year, but as always, we begin our liturgical year in waiting. Advent is upon us. This season just before Christmas where we watch and we wait for Jesus to come. The word Advent literally means coming or arrival, and we take time for these next four Sundays just to watch and wait for Jesus coming in our midst. There's a Catholic professor from the University of St. Thomas up in Minnesota who once said that Advent is about the threefold coming of God in history, in mystery, and in majesty. There are three aspects of Jesus coming into our world that we pay attention to in Advent. History, mystery, and majesty. First, the coming of God in history. In Advent, we look back and we remember the people of Israel who were waiting for the Messiah who was to come and who did finally arrive in the birth of Jesus, the nativity that we see displayed behind me right now. We remember that he came. Second, the coming of God in mystery. We dwell in the present and, and the mystery of all the ways in which Christ enters our lives now in word and sacrament and in our daily lives. We believe that God is present and at work, even now in our midst. And we wait in expectation that is coming in mystery. And the third, the coming of God in majesty. We look forward to the eschatological day, the eschatological arrival of Jesus, our King. A day that has yet to arrive. And so we wait for that coming glory. So Advent involves the past Remembering that Christ came, it involves the present, expecting that Jesus is here with us even now, and it involves the future. 
anticipating the hope that Christ will come again. Our readings for today have a few themes running through them that are central to this theme of Advent, the season of Advent. But before I dig in, I wanted to share with you a couple of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks that just highlight, I think, how important this season of Advent is to our life together as the church and also our life in the world. First, you probably would have noticed this, that we've, we've had several significant mass shootings across the nation over the last few weeks. And as I was reading up on it, I came across this sobering statistic that there have been at least 600 mass shootings in the U.S. this year alone. Gun violence continues to mark our country today. And the last few weeks once again reveal that we live in a world under the darkness of death. The second thing that I came across is an article in the New York Times. And a new column, this isn't Tish's art. This isn't her article, just so you know. It's a new column, I guess, that they just came out with. The, the column is called Shop Monster. And the article itself was, was titled, The Pleasure of the Lux Advent Calendar. And y'all, let me tell you. Ask anyone who knows me, it takes a lot to get under my skin. But this one got to me. So I just want to quote at the very beginning of this article. The writer says, every holiday season, I want to buy multiple Advent calendars. I'm not so moved by the counting down to Christmas as I'm excited by the idea of getting a present every day. The article proceeds to showcase all of these high-end Advent calendars, which I just learned is a thing, apparently. These calendars that cost anywhere from hundreds to thousands of dollars, actually. And offer everything from obscure fruits that are wrapped in gold uh, foil to underwear to Tiffany's uh, jewelry at each day of the Advent season. And honestly, the whole time I was reading this article, I kept thinking to myself, this has to be satire. It can't be real. Apparently, Christmas wasn't enough. They've figured out a way to commodify Advent now. And just to be clear, I'm not against Advent calendars. We get Advent calendars all the time, and I love fun holiday traditions, though I think I might be formally against the idea of a luxe Advent calendar. But beyond the silliness of it all, what is revealed in this this article, in my mind, is not that only that we are immersed in this culture of death like I was talking about with the shootings, but we will also do whatever it takes to avoid pain and death altogether. Or to numb ourselves to that pain and that death. This New York Times column says it's for people who, who fa- whose fantasy life involves a lot of shopping. So it's all about this fantasy life that we're living, right? It's like the old book titled by Neil Postman, We are content as a culture to amusing ourselves to death. In other words, we live and participate in a world that commodifies everything, even liturgical seasons, all for the sake of trying to avoid the reality that there is any darkness at all. Church, our scripture readings for this morning suggest that Advent is a season for moments like this in our worlds. As Fleming Rutledge Rutledge once said, Advent begins in the dark. And that is good news for those who are living in the dark. That is good news for those living in the shadow of death in our worlds, and it's an invitation to all of us trying to avoid the dark at all costs. 
The context of our Old Testament reading from the book of Isaiah this morning is certainly one of great darkness for the people of Israel. They were a nation, fa- they were a nation facing an uncertain future with empires at their doorstep seeking their destruction. Only a few chapters later in chapter 9, Isaiah refers to Israel as a people who lived in a land of deep darkness. But out of this darkness, Isaiah gives this hopeful vision in Isaiah 2 for Israel's future. In our reading for today, the metaphor of promise that Isaiah gives is that of the highest mountain. Jerusalem will be the highest mountain. Many peoples, it says, will come to this mountain of the Lord to seek what is true and just, and God will make things right for the people. And then in verse 4, Isaiah casts a vision that is striking, especially for this people living in the midst of this deep violence. Isaiah prophesies, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Or as Eugene Peterson paraphrases, let's live in the light of God. For people living under the darkness of death, God comes to them to destroy violence and darkness. We catch a glimpse of this vision in Isaiah of a people walking in the light of the Lord putting their weapons of violence and death to the anvil and instead forming tools of creation and abundance and community. It's a beautiful vision, isn't it? What if it were true? What if it were true that in the economy of God's kingdom, all war and division were to cease to exist? I heard it recently said that the arrival of God in our midst destroys our warring factions. And I want to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come amidst all the violence we see in our world and all the division we see in our world today. Let's take this this vision from Isaiah even further and ask the question, what if we are the tools in this vision? That could be the title of this sermon, We Are the Tools. What if the vision here in Isaiah 2 is of a people and a culture of violence and death being transformed into a community of creation and abundance. What if we're the ones being transformed here? This is certainly the vision we see in our psalm that we just chanted earlier, peace be within your walls. And I love that last line of the psalm that we just chanted. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. That is a picture of a people transformed from a culture under the darkness of death, isn't it? What if we are a people transformed like this to have our mission in life be about the good of others? That is evidence of Christ in our midst, of a people who are living in the light of God. And so as we enter into this Advent season, let us not shy away from the darkness. Advent is a reminder to, each and ev- to us each and every year to avoid becoming numb to the darkness in our worlds or to constantly try to look for ways to avoid or escape death. I promise you that there is not a single Lux Advent calendar that will help you escape the darkness. 
Our readings from Matthew and Romans give expression to this reminder. In Matthew, we are invited by Jesus to keep awake, even in the midst of the darkness of night. This is a message, believe it or not, this is a message of comfort to the disciples. That even though the darkness prevails and that he is going to leave them for a time, and all the specifics of that time after Jesus leaves them is uncertain, they are, he is promising to them that he will come. And our Romans reading for today reminds us that our Advent waiting isn't just a, a sitting on our hands kind of waiting for Jesus to come. Eugene Peterson calls this kind of sitting on our hands waiting where we're just not doing anything. He calls it loitering and lingering. But instead, we are called to an active waiting. Verse 12 says, Let us even now lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We can begin to live out this Isaiah 2 vision of shalom and justice, even as we wait for its fullness to appear someday when Jesus returns. This is what it means to be a Christian in our world today, in the midst of this shadow of darkness. We don't try to escape or avoid it, like so much of our world tries to do. And I would say, you know, we also try to avoid it too, don't we? If we're honest. But in the deep darkness, we wait with full expectation for the light of the world to come in our midst, just as Jesus came in the midst of Advent, in the, in the midst of that Advent darkness in Israel. And our waiting is marked by a putting on of Jesus, as it says in Romans. We put on Jesus in our lives as we have them today. So even now, our lives can be put to the anvil and shaped for the goodness and abundance of his kingdom. And so as we embark on this Advent season together, let us be reminded of the one who did not avoid the darkness, but entered into it. Let us center our lives around this Jesus who was and is and is to come. And let us be reminded that we are the tools. We can be shaped by the darkness of violence and death, or we can be shaped by the light of Jesus for the good of others, for creation and abundance. As we come to the table this morning, and as we take time later in the service for healing, my prayer today is that we would be a people who are not afraid of the dark, who stand watching and waiting for the light to come into the world this Advent. So let's take a moment to let the Holy Spirit speak and to silently reflect on this question. What does it look like for you in your life right now to actively wait for Jesus this Advent? In the name, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.